For years, I was so fed up with shampoo, I just stopped washing my hair. I quit completely. I was so sick of poofy, frizzy, limp hair, distorting my natural oils. Until a few months ago, I found Modern Mammals, and it changed everything. And by the way, right now you can visit modernmammals.com and use code LSS for 10% off. So check that out. So look, I heard about this through the podcast, and before I agreed to advertise, they sent it to me, and I was reluctant. But let me tell you, I should not have been. This stuff is absolutely magical. My hair felt better, smelled way better, and most importantly, looked better. And I know it will do the same for you as well. It doesn't have those hair-ruining chemicals like other products, and it doesn't leave any leftover residues. It works. Don't believe me? Go read their awesome reviews online as well. Go to ModernMammals.com and use code LSS for 10% off. Again, that's ModernMammals.com for 10% off with promo code LSS. Don't forget to use our promo code LSS so they know we sent you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to another episode of Lead Singer Syndrome. I am your host, as always, Shane Told, bringing you all the podcast episodes where I talk to other lead singers about what it's like to be the front man or front woman of a band. Now, one thing I love about this show, and I've touched on this over the years, is the diversity that we have within the show. Last week, I talked to Taylor Hansen of Hansen, and today I am talking to Tony from Municipal Waste, one of my favorite bands, one of the most special fucking, just, they're so sick. I'm just going to say that. They're so sick. I love this band so much. They have a new record. Um, So excited that Tony jumped on the line to talk to me. I think we tried to get together about three and a half years ago and it didn't work out. So I'm glad he was finally here on the show so we can talk about Electrified Brain, the new record from Municipal Waste, which comes out on July 1st. Canada Day, baby. Let's go. Very exciting stuff. Of course, Tony's also the front man of the band Iron Reagan, who were very busy for the last couple of years as well. And, uh, just some great projects and just a really great guy. And this was an awesome conversation. So can't wait to get into it. It's going to be awesome. Thank you for being here. And if you want to support this thing, 
We've got the All Access Club. Basically, you throw some money every month. It's a subscription. $6 gets you in. And it's what keeps the show going. Coming at you for free each and every week. Well, most weeks anyway. And uh, it really means a lot. So head over to leadsingersyndrome.com slash all access. And that gets you bunch of bonus content, bonus episodes, access to a great community, access to great merchandise, and more. So please, do me, and maybe yourself, but more more me, mostly me, a favor by joining the Lead Singer Syndrome All Access Club. LeadSingerSyndrome.com slash all access. In other news with me, we are currently enjoying a really nice time being back in Europe with my band Silverstein. It's been two and a half years since we've been here. It's just so exciting. Just such a beautiful place and so good in the summer. Oh my God, people are so excited. So if you have the chance and you live in Europe, and I know a lot of the listeners do, make sure you check your local listings to see if we're coming around or going to be on any festivals or anything. And come say hi too. I'll be roaming around. I'll be drinking some of those delicious German beers that I have missed over the past two and a half years. So yes, come say hi. And if you don't live in Europe, maybe you live in the United States or Canada, well, check out our other upcoming tour this August, September, and October. We are touring with our friends, The Amity Affliction and Holding Absence. Oh man, what a band. Unity Texas also on this tour. Very exciting. Uh, And go to silversteinmusic.com for all your ticketing needs. We're playing just about all over the great continent and a few festivals as well. So it's a really, really good time. We're really excited and there'll be more coming as well. So uh, yes, stay tuned for all that because we're back, baby. We beat COVID. <laughs> Maybe we ignored COVID, but we, uh, we're we just not going to worry about it right now. And music is back and I'm excited because it feels like everything is back to normal. And that's I know that's a debatable conversation, but I'm very, very excited. And always remember, you can always get in touch with me. Send me an email, leadsingersyndrome at gmail.com. I read them all. I try to write back to as many people as I can. And I always enjoy hearing from you. So leadsingersyndrome at gmail.com is my email address. All right, that's all. That's all for now. Let's get into this great conversation that I had with Tony from Municipal Waste. Tony, what's up, man? Hey. I got Tony from Municipal Waste on the line. My dude, uh, first of all, this new record coming out in a little while, but a month away. This thing rips, man. This is an exciting time. Electrified brain. Let's go. Oh, you got to hear it. Oh, yeah. I heard the whole thing, man. I've been jamming it. I've been jamming it several times. I uh, I can't. I, I, have, a, I have it on vinyl. Like, I have a test press, but like... 
I don't have it digitally anywhere, so I haven't heard it in a couple months. <laughs> <laughs> That's but funny. But thank you. I'm glad you, I'm glad you like it. I really like it. And and um I mean I, I like all your records. I think you've always put out great records. This is the first one in about five years. Um and I think, you know, just comparing it to the last record, which is inevitable, people do that. I think the thing that struck out like stuck out to me right away is just the level of production on this record is really, really good. I think it's your best sounding record. Um, as well as, you know, we've we've got the world class thrash metal riffs that you guys are famous for. Yeah, I'm pretty happy with uh, with how it came out as far as production wise goes. I want I wanted like we kept saying we wanted to sound like raw yep. and heavy. Like those two words got tossed around a lot. Like we definitely wanted it to have like kind of the rawness of like a live show that we always go for. Uh, I'm pretty yeah, I'm pretty stoked. Like I mean, Arthur is a beast, man. That guy's like. He's been really, really fucking killing it lately. Um, he just did that Creator record, too, that I think sounds pretty awesome, too. So, yeah, I mean, the guy's on fire right now. So, luckily, we were we caught him caught him at a real good time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, we'll get into the, the new record a little bit later. Um, so, where are you calling me from right now? Are you down in Florida? Is that right? Yeah, I'm in front of the weed store right now, actually. I was going to go get some weed. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sorry that I have you have to talk to me for a little while before you can uh, you can get some weed. Um, is Florida are they are you guys legalized down there now? Yeah, yeah, I, I got a card too, so I can like fly. With, I think I can fly with it. Oh yeah, uh, I do. Yeah, um, but um, I don't smoke. I don't smoke like a super large amount of weed, like like some of the guys I'm in the band with. But um, <laughs> I like to have it, and and. Uh, <laughs> I just fucked my knee up pretty bad, so I've been doing these, like, um, CBD, like, THC mm -hmm. tincture things, um, you know, like, kind of mixed together. I feel like it's been helping my knee out a lot. Yeah, I heard you hurt your knee, but I didn't hear how you hurt your knee. What what happened? I fucked my knee up. Like, um, they basically told me I need both my knees replaced. Um, oh, no. Uh, it's just for years of jumping off the drum set, like playing hardcore shows and acting like an idiot on stage, jumping in the crowd. Um, I, during the time off, I, I got, I had a gig with WWE. So I was like working with them and, and, uh, I was on my feet. I was doing like 12 hour days. Like we were setting up for WrestleMania in Tampa and, and, uh, we're doing like 12 hour days. I was running all around the arena and, uh, <laughs> like right after that, um, I was actually wrestling my buddy, Cody that, that plays in that band Teenage Bottle Rocket yeah. we were like drunk at a hotel room and it was like right after Mania and I fucking was wrestling him and you could hear the pop my fucking knees that was it man oh, like no. it was Dude. my left knee and then that thing and that was and I, I I didn't walk like all last summer I was like I couldn't walk like it was fucked up so finally I got surgery and it came down to the wire like um our big, you know, return shows were like last September, and um, and then they, and yeah, it was like they, the doctors like, I don't know if you're gonna be able to play these shows. And we we had a show in 
we had a show in Philly, and then the next day was Vegas. So we, <laughs> and I live in Florida, so I had to fly up to Philly, play the show, get on a plane, mm-hmm. walk my ass across the airport, and play another show in Vegas. And it was the best feeling. Like halfway through that second, that second show, and realizing that we were going to pull it off was like the fucking best feeling in the world <laughs> especially after all everything uh everything everybody's been through you know like the past few years um it was very nice to be like okay we're back we're, we're doing it it's gonna happen so. that's right well <laughs> tony uh municipal waste is back baby it's official it's official, right. and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm glad that your knee is, is getting back on track uh, with the help of some some CBD, some THC. I, I love it, man. So um, talk to me a little bit about the early years of yourself, because, you know, you came into this band, you're around, if, if my math is correct, you're around 25 years old, and I never could find any information about what you did musically before or, or what your upbringing was like. And I'm kind of interested in kind of what le- led you to this. Not to say that 25 is like old to start a band that's now over 20 years old, but um, it's a little bit of a different story. So talk to me about that and like where you grew up and, and what your you know family structure and all that was like. Um, well, I actually grew up down here in, uh, in St. Petersburg. Whoa, like one of the Blue Angels just flew over me. The fucking airplane. Wow, crazy. Oh, crazy. Um, sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, I grew up down, down here, um, and I kind of got started getting into punk, like, um, like probably like my 10th grade, you know, when I was in 10th grade. I was always mm-hmm. a little late. I was a little late. I was kind of like a surfer, um, jock kind of just I don't know I was just always like running around doing shit outside because I live here and and uh, it's beautiful here and it's always nice weather so yeah I was definitely like very active um and then I started getting into music a little on the later side like 10th grade year um yeah I started sneaking out going to like punk shows and, and stuff like that and then um long story short like my family got like divorced kind of style um my last year in high school so i ended up moving up to virginia with um on team moms with that and then so i kind of like didn't have a lot of friends when i moved moved to virginia and kind of just got into like started like you know got accepted into like the punk scene and just started going to shows and that's like or like going to shows up there and that was more like the DIY kind of shows and you know I was going to see Avail and Action Patrol and, and uh, stuff like that um, and I, I, I around that same time as well I started started a like punk band kind of like skate punk band um, yeah. based out, out of the small town I lived in which is like a suburb of Richmond called Colonial Heights. Um, that band was called James Over Scratch. And we were together way too long for the output of music that we did. <laughs> <laughs> we did like, we like recorded a seven inch. We actually recorded, um, we recorded our first demo with Don, Don Cetera, who did, did like all the old minor threats recordings, like all the early discord oh, wow. shit. Crazy. Uh, yeah. Uh, that was pretty neat. Um, we, well, we went up to inner ear and recorded that in DC um, and we were like starstruck of course and um, that then we ended up doing like a 7 inch on Beer City Records um, 
don't know if you're familiar with that. But, I remember um, Beer City like records, like seeing their ads, like maybe in like Thrasher or something. Like I remember yeah. that, but I don't remember what bands they had or if I ever heard of them. But I remember the name and the. I think I can even picture the logo in my head. But that's a that's a throwback. Yeah. Yeah, they. You know, they. They. I think they were a relatively successful skateboard company, and they just used all the money they made to to funnel that into putting out like punk records, which is pretty pretty fucking cool. It's very, yeah, it's very cool. <laughs> um, that guy Mike, yeah, I actually just uh, re got like we re got in contact with him um, recently, oh, so that was kind of cool to hear hear that, that guy's still still out there kicking, well, doing cool dude, shit. I just pulled it up. I mean, they're putting out. A DR High record, uh, a, a MDC record, like okay, yeah, I know those bands. That's that's nothing small, especially for you know for the genre that you guys are in. I mean, those are like the legends. So that's I should get them to for that. Should get them to put, We have like my old band has a fucking whole album recorded. Um, oh, wow, and we never put it out. I should get them to put it out. I don't know why I'm. Talking out, thinking out loud. I like, I like this. We're, our ideas are coming to fruition. Standing outside of a weed store. I love this. This is when, this is when the magic happens. <laughs> but he would. Yeah, I feel like if he reissued that seven inch and then like released our LP that never came out, he'd probably sell a whopping eight copies of that because <laughs> nobody gave a shit about the fact that. Uh, but anyway, yeah. So that was like, um, that was our band and. Um, you know, we did a lot of cool stuff for for being a small band. You know, we like got the we opened for Avail and Hotwater Music, and mm-hmm. we played with we played with like Face to Face, and um, you know, it's kind of like kind of like the seeds of Municipal Waste, where we would play with like a death metal band one weekend, and then we would right. play with, with Madball one weekend, and then we would play with Mustard Plug. You know, we were like the <laughs> weird yeah. opening band local band that uh, Jerry Bird would pay $50 and we would p- open up, you know, and we would fire the shows and, you know, so that, that was kind of like what we did back then. And, um, it was great though. So, but, it, but it, it also like, kept, I always kept that mentality of like wanting to be in a band that didn't just play, um, some sub genre of whatever fucking punk or metal we are, you know, we always, with Municipal Ace, we always tried to like play with different bands and, and not just, you know, we keep it interesting. Like, I mean, well, we yeah. just did a tour with, we just did a tour with Pig Destroyer and the Dwarves and, and Spy, you know, it's like pretty different. Yeah, <laughs> it's all extreme and fun, but it's, it's really different sounding kind of bands. You yeah, know? it's it's funny, right? I guess you, you guys are, you guys kind of never really fit, right? You're always going to be the odd man out a little bit, although with that tour, you're almost like maybe the glue holding it together or something, I, you know? Um, yeah, yeah. Or, or there's, you know, like um, each band's almost like an underdog, so you're cheer, cheering for them because they don't, <laughs> everyone's out of place and, and, you know, it's great. It's uh, It makes it, it makes it interesting. I don't want to go to a show and see the same fucking same style of music over and over again. It's exhausting. I mean, it's fun sometimes, but good God. Like sometimes I, I feel like such an old, old person when I see these like hardcore shows and there's like 12 bands on one show. And I'm like, Holy 
shit, y'all are fucking crazy. How can you find 12 hardcore bands in a row? They're all killer bands, too, but I'm like, oh, God. It's a lot to sit through, man. I, I, went to a show, um, I went to a show two weeks ago. It was, uh, it was uh, Strife, Earth Crisis, and Snapcase. Uh, oh, the Takeover. The Takeover. Yeah, That's the old shit. Yeah, California Takeover, yeah. And, dude, I'll tell you, man, after, after about... Oh, I'll be honest. After about one and a half bands, I was like, I'm like thinking about like, I'm like, maybe I'm just going to leave. I just, I love this everything, but I just like, I can't hang anymore, man. Like, you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm old, <laughs> you know? Man, I love Strife, dude. I, I just, uh, I fucking love that band. I saw Strife in LA open for Sam and it was awesome. I'd never seen the band before and they, um, and I, I, you know, I've been listening to them for like 25 years and I always wanted to see them and they were, they kicked so much fucking ass, man. They sounded incredible. And it's funny listening to your oh. new record, you know, I could definitely hear that kind of, you know, <laughs> straight edge hardcore influence, which is hilarious because you're about the least straight edge band ever. But, you know, some of that early tough guy hardcore is definitely in your music. I love, I love early, um, victory, that old victory record shit, you know, like back in the day, like, um, dead guy and fucking donuts and fucking Snapcase and fu you know fucking oh, yeah. Earth Crisis and fu all that shit, man. I I liked it. You know, I was also into like Cleveland hardcore kind of shit, Japanese hardcore stuff yeah. too. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Nine Shocks Terror and all that kind of shit too. But um, yeah, like you know, I'm all over the place. But I was a sucker for for some. Uh, some old victory record shit too. <laughs> you know, it's, you know, talking about Richmond. Obviously, you moved up there from Florida, and you're back. You're back now. But you know, coming into that scene, you know, I guess in the late '90s, and and how it emerged, you know, and and how a band like let's just say like Lamb of God, you know, a band that started in the hardcore scene just exploded. Um, you, you mentioned a veil, totally different band. And I think of also someone like, like strike anywhere, uh, you know, one of the greatest punk fans ever from Richmond and, you know, Guar, it seems like Richmond has this really eclectic scene, but has, everyone has a lot of respect for each other and what they do. And I don't know if it's just because it's a little bit of a smaller community and it's not, you know, DC, uh, it's close enough, but a little bit far away. Uh, but I, I find that really interesting. So, like, what is that? What is that dynamic like? You know, how is it? How does it feel to be a, be such a big part of that? I feel. Um, I, I we always try to figure this out. I think I even talked to Randy about this shit. But like, uh, we always try to figure out what it is about Richmond that cranked out all those crazy bands. I feel like maybe a lot of a lot of people. I mean, shit. Like half of municipal waste when we started was were, were all like Ryan and Andy were were beach kids. So you got like the Virginia Beach area, which is like fucking huge. Like that's a huge city. It just spread out, kind of like mm -hmm. LA is, mm -hmm. you know. Um, and then you have DC, which is also fucking massive. Baltimore, really fucking close by as well. Fredericksburg. So all these people, creative types, um, it kind of snowballed from like the, you know, the, the weirdos just started moving there and it was cheap to live. You can fucking move there, start a band, have a cheap practice space where as far as maybe DC or mm -hmm. Virginia beach, it's not as affordable or it's just, you're not really 
being around creative people, if that makes sense. This sure. is just all, this is all a theory. I could be totally fucking wrong. But like, um, there's also like an art school and they're just like, Richmond's just this like really small area that's just crammed with creative types. Um, it's getting bigger and bigger, you know, as the years go on. It's a lot yeah. different now. Oh, yeah. Um, than it was, but I'm not going to be like an old man that yells at Cloud and be like, oh, back <laughs> in my day, my, my, my. but like, you can definitely see where uh, the college is just growing so much where it's uh, fucking crazy. But um, I feel like definitely back in that time as well, it was just like very affordable for people from out of town to just move there and start over and, and start getting creative. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Were you surprised how big municipal waste got? You know, like you guys kind of exploded and you became like almost you kind of led the charge of of this sort of, you know, I'll call it thrash revival for lack of a better term. Um, and it just became so big in so many places. And I remember if memory serves, one of your first tours that you got was with suicidal tendencies, you know, like the ultimate thrash band. Like, how did that feel back in, in that time to just have that kind of right out of the gate um, respect and kind of love you were feeling, you know, not just in Richmond, but all over, you know, the U.S. and Europe and literally everywhere people were really freaking about, out about what you guys are trying to do. I think it, it was weird for us because I guess a lot of people say, thought it was like an overnight thing, but they don't realize like we right out the fucking gate. When this, before our seven inch was even out, we went, we toured, like we just toured, like it was just in our blood. We always had to have a tour book. We, like I was obsessed with it. I worked at a t-shirt printing shop just so I could be able to like print our shirts for cheap so we could have stuff. And we, me and Ryan were just like full on. So we're, we're, some people would think it was like over an overnight kind of thing for us. We were like working so hard. I mean, fuck man, we were, yeah, well, I mean, we would just pop, even when when we were semi whatever people would think was successful, like when the earache records were out, we we had a, a piece of shit van that we spent a thousand bucks on, and we toured the country in that thing probably like five or six times. No trailer, the floor was rotten out, and we were just doing it, you know, like because because it was fun for us, and we were just like, yeah. This is what we're supposed to, this is how we tour. Like, we don't give a shit. Like, we never really thought of it as, like, a successful thing. Right. Where it was kind of weird and annoying at certain points, too, because there was all these people that saw what we were doing and then would try to, like, tell us how to do it. You know? And, or, <laughs> like, hey, you should pose with this pizza in your hand. And, like, and I'm going to, I'm going to tag fucking attached fucking 10 bands that you ever even heard of or give a shit about. And it's like, that's your, that's your scene. And you're and it was like, it was weird for us. Cause it was not 
like there was a lot of people pulling us in, in a lot of directions and we were young and, and uh, right. excited, but we're also fucking kind of stingy, not stingy, but uh, not selfish, but we were just very like not interested in, in what other people were trying to push us <laughs> in the direction. We were just, we're going to do what we want. We're going to tour the band we want. We're like, you know, we, we, Told a lot. We disappointed a lot of people <laughs> in, in being uh, in somewhat sticking to our guns. It was just a weird time for us. So yeah, it, it was like, it was exciting, but it was also kind of stressful at the time, just because people were pulling us in so many directions. One thing I always loved about your band, and I don't want to get too technical, but I know a lot of people that listen to this are musicians and stuff like that, is that you guys re- you guys are tune your guitars to E, like standard tuning you know like very like early metallica you know yeah and you guys are still as heavy and as you know and as as abrasive as anyone else you know bands that are tuning down to fucking b or a sharp or whatever and you guys are like nope we're gonna stick to like what the thrash metal legends did you know whether it was slayer or metallica you know those bands and you guys are still doing it and i think it gives you guys sort of a cool kind of classic you know, sound alongside, you know, obviously the modern production that you guys are still, you know, embracing. I think that that's a cool decision. Was that ever something that was talked about? I could be wrong because I'm a dumb singer, but I <laughs> think the last record. Um, what was it? Lo- a little lower? Uh, the, the one, Slime and Punishment. I think that is tuned a step down. Okay. Where we were like, oh, well, and then. And then I think after like a minute, we were like, nah, fuck that. And then tuned it back. (laughs) (laughs) I could be wrong. I know we were going to do that. I'm not sure if that's uh, how it went down. Um, But I think that record is. But yeah, no, that was, that was definitely a decision. Like in the practice space, we were like, yeah, we're going to keep like, we want to sound classic. We want to wear our songs to like, you know, sound a certain way and I feel like and I, I like heavy shit but I, I don't think even like my voice isn't really like a deeper kind right. of voice anyway so right. me seeing to like stuff that's maybe tuned a little lower would sound kind of weird as well I don't know maybe I never tried it <laughs> <laughs> no I, I absolutely like lo- love the approach and I think that that's cool you it, noticed that <laughs> yeah well I, I don't know what it is maybe it's just because growing up I listened to like I don't know how many fucking times I listened to you know ride the lightning or you know Know? and yeah. I heard just some of the that you know those guitar tones and like just some of your riffs were very early Metallica esque on the record, which is I mean hey if you can write a write a riff that could have been on you know Master Puppets or something that's impressive you know so I, I was hearing that and I was like I was like I can tell that that's E I know that's not E flat I could just tell because there's a certain way the way a certain way the guitar sings when it's in that that register I don't know it's hard to describe you know. Um, but it was. Do you play guitar? Yeah, I play guitar. Yeah. I thought that you were like the lead singer podcast guy. Like, what's going on here? The, I am, but I am also a guitar player, <laughs> and I know that you're not a guitar player. And it's interesting because most of the guys I talk to on here are like, I'm not a fucking lead singer. I like was a drummer, and they still believe they are. You know, even though they they just sing in a band now. You know that ha- that happens. A I lot. write guitar riffs. I, I do write guitar riffs sometimes. Oh, you do? Okay. I, I thought I read that you With didn't my, play guitar, so. I don't. I would do it with my mouth. Oh, sick. Yeah. <laughs> for, for real. Like, I like, uh, you can do fucking anything nowadays. I, I've learned, but especially with, phone, with phones. Like, <laughs> so I'll like 
um, I'll like hit up Phil and be like, dude, that, do a song like with this riff. I'll be like, yeah. Actually, that was wait, that was uh. What is that song? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> what is that song? Was it Collective Soul? <laughs> <laughs> I just did a Collective Soul riff. No, but uh, that for a couple songs before in the past, I'll be like, like send him a fucking mouth yeah. riff. And, and then Phil's just a fucking genius as far as stuff like that. And he, he, can tr- he speaks mouth riffs, so he can translate that I to guitar. That. Yes. No, I love that. Um, yeah, speaking of, yeah, you, when you were when you were mouth riffing, I heard I made me remember about your new song, uh, Ten Cent Beer Night," where you pay a little homage to Scorpions at the end too. Uh, I do. I Are did, you from Cleveland? I did enjoy that. I'm not from Cleveland. I'm from Toronto. Uh, okay, because you made a reference earlier about Cleveland hardcore. Um, yeah, that song. That song's yeah. There is definitely a Scorpions. Not on that. It's really funny. And then there's all, but that song's about a riot that broke out in Cleveland at a baseball game for uh, oh, at a yes. ten cent at a ten cent um, beer <laughs> event. Were you there? <laughs> oh hell no! I was. I don't even know if I was born yet. It was like in the seventies. <laughs> um, but it was like a full scale riot. Just look up ten cent beer night. Oh, uh, there's a whole Wikipedia page on it. I think ESPN did a documentary on it too, where it's a uh, pretty, pretty funny, pretty crazy. It's a pretty crazy story. That is really, really funny. No, there's lots of great songs. Um, I thought "Crank the Heat" was one of my favorites too. Uh, 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 we're, going, we're going to New York um, this weekend to film a video for that. Oh, cool. Okay, cool. Yeah, that, that one, I'm glad that I have that fucking A and R ear, I guess, to pick up the singles because uh, I didn't know that. So that's great. Yeah, it's weird because, um, like, yeah, it's hard to, man, you do a, an album with, you know, what, 14, 15, so I can't remember how many songs yeah, you put 14, on it. I think. Yeah. It's kind of hard to pick which ones are the ones you should do a single for or whatever, but so I'm glad you mentioned that one. So that was one of the ones I like. And, and of course, like, a, a lot of the times you're wrong, too. You know, you put you, you pick a yeah. bunch of singles out, and then the record comes out, and everyone's freaking out about one song, and you're like, oh, we had no idea. Like, we thought that was, like, maybe middle of the road or something, you know? And it's like, oh, everyone, like, loves this fucking song. I like that song, too, because it was it was a total throwaway track. Like, that was not supposed to be on the record. We've, oh, wow. We threw it away. And then one night, I something popped in my head, and and uh, I kind of went over to my friend's house, who's like a computer whiz, and and I took the um, the recording um, of them literally like they took their phone and put it on top of a guitar amp and recorded it and sent it to me. So that's how we were writing a lot of shit. Like since I live in Florida now, right? They would just send me rehearsal tapes, and uh, I was listening to that, and I ended up going over to my friend's house and and. Uh, getting on his computer and like restructuring like like the riffs like taking this part of the riff and, and moving it there and then like kind of cut and pasting parts of the song together i was like play this part two more times and like kind of like that and i actually did a a mouth riff on on that where the guitar solos are so i was like like doing that over yeah, yeah. over a riff and and I recorded that I go that like like put you know put the solo there and uh it fucking worked and everybody was like holy shit this is like actually like a good song now <laughs> like, and that thing wasn't even supposed to make it on the record and it turned out to be one of my favorite songs just cuz 
shit like that. Yeah, it really does go to show that you don't need, you know, a fucking Pro Tools rig, uh, you know, to write a song. You, you know, you can make it work and, and, you know, you can find a way to do it. But I will ask you, though, like, I'm sure your previous albums uh, and even with Iron Reagan and stuff, it's you guys are probably getting in a room, right, and jamming and writing music that way and putting it together that way. But with you being Florida and the pandemic and everything, it must have been just a different process. Um, that's, that's been, you know, like how we, how we always do it. Um, Iron Reagan, not so much. Sometimes dudes will just write shit at home on, and like do drum machine. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's kind of like, it was a little bit of a, um, different process. Municipal Waste, like they go in and they jam, they work through the song over and over and over again. Right. Um, until, and then, and then figure it out, which, which was also, um, a little, frustrating i think at times for for writing um for me especially because i would be there sometimes you know um mm-hmm. i mean honestly I, I would be there half the time when they were writing just because i'm not doing anything you know i'm not playing an instrument so so um this worked out way better surprise it actually like right worked out way better because i was able they would send me like, hey we've been working on this here's this and I was a- more able to send my ideas to them. I would type them out or call and, and explain it away from it. When, yeah, yeah. Rather, rather than having, like, the lead singer who doesn't play a fucking instrument trying to explain in a practice space while everyone's holding their instruments right. how to that they should play a part two more times. And that shit's annoying as hell, I would imagine, if you're, like, sitting there trying to remember a fucking riff, much less... <laughs> all the other parts to a song and then somebody is over here barking barking at you to play something two more times so rather than than doing that I'm away from it and I could be like hey what about this and, and here listen to it maybe like and I'll paste it in there you know and then they're like oh yeah that makes sense rather than having to like try to explain it to them in their face um also our practice space is fucking small man right. like my ass barely fit in there so i would always <laughs> when we were all there at practice jamming together i'm usually like standing in the fucking doorway you know we practice um where guar guar slave pit they have their uh yep. studio so like i literally stand two feet away from where they're making like masks and shit (laughs) 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 kind of crazy but um yeah there's not a lot of room in in our little room so when i when there's when i'm over there breathing down their neck trying to tell them to play a riff a certain way it's it's kind of frustrating well i'll say this man i think you can tell that 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 this record is seems like very well thought out very well put together the structure of the songs is really great uh, and they rip, man. It's um, it's. I think it's your best album, and congratulations. Hell yeah! Thank you so much. Uh, thanks for having me on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> oh, of course. A couple more things I want to just touch on real quick. Um, I know you have your own hot sauce brand, Liquid Arson. I'm a big hot sauce guy. So I wanted to make sure people know about that because uh, that seems like that's Ooh. a pretty big endeavor. Yeah, it's been fun. Um, it's a uh, Tears of Joy, uh, that's the website. Uh, that's my buddy Brian who does it. He's based out of Austin, Texas. I've been to that store many times. I think, well, it used to be right beside the old emos. Yeah. Yeah, I guess he moved or I don't, I'm not sure. He had a big shakeup during COVID, just like everybody right. else. Um, right. So I'm not even sure where the store is now. But that whole area is like, 
kind of a fucking bummer now. Yeah, like Mohawk's strange. still there and awesome, but um, yeah, it seems like that area is just is not what it used to be. When back when Emos was there, is Beerland still a thing? That place is awesome too. Mm, I I don't remember it, but anyway, yeah. But, um, I, I, I mean, I do like Austin, but I know it's 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 definitely gone through some changes. Yeah, but uh, yeah. So um, he's great, and yeah, we he did that hot sauce. It's definitely like. It's it's good on a chicken parmesan sandwich. Okay, and it's hot as shit. I like that. <laughs> I like that. And Iron Reagan, we touched on that. That's your that's your other band, um, yep. crossover thrash supergroup, straight out of Richmond. They like to they like to say. Um, obviously, it's been you know with with municipal waste coming back. I, I mean, I guess it's kind of you go back and forth with well, who's busy. Um, uh, are we expecting some more Iron Reagan stuff? Did you have some time over the pandemic to uh, to work on that? Yeah, like that, that <laughs> living, moving down here and trying to do two bands 12 hours away is just was too much of an undertaking. And I've definitely just like focused more of my time into doing municipal waste. So right. I don't see, I, there isn't any Iron Reagan shit on the horizon for a while. I think it's just good to step back from that. It was, it was so much work when it, when it was going full time with both bands, it was fucking exhausting and moving down here. I got to reevaluate and take mm -hmm. steps. And I really want to fucking focus on this waste record. Um, yeah, I have absolutely. been, I have been jamming and doing other music too. I, st I started a band down here with people that live close by. I, um, I've been jamming with, with Paul from Campbell Corpse. Really? And, um, yeah, and Mike, wow. Mike Corp from, from Warthog and, um, Jeff from Reversal of Man. So I mean, I'm still like. Reversal of Man. Dude, That's a band I haven't heard, thought about in a long time. Yeah, yeah. Wow. It's cool. Isn't it? So it's good. I, got, I have my local bands, like, you know, <laughs> with, with friends of mine that are musicians down here. So we've been jamming a lot. Yeah. And, uh, so that's cool. I'm still staying busy, like creatively. Yeah. Um, but yeah. dude, just doing some shit, doing shit that two things like that that's twelve hours away. It's just too much. It's it was, it's it's exhausting mentally and physically, and especially like I had to like spend the last couple of years like getting my shit together and just focusing on myself and getting healthy. And yeah, you know, it's been crazy. So I'm, I'm just pacing myself a little bit more. Rather than just like overworking myself, yeah. and no big deal that your local band features one of the most legendary heavy metal drummers of all time. Uh, you know, no big deal. Like probably the, the guy that you know is more influential in death metal than anyone ever. But hey, no worries about that, dude. Um, but I'm hey, gonna man. say I'm gonna say we we we've recorded and it's I'm really fucking what's, proud of what's it. What's the band called? Can you? Is it? Is it's, it called, it's called um, it's called Heaven's Gate. Oh, sick. Okay. And like the cult, you know, um, yeah. but like, yeah, it's, we recorded and, and, uh, I can't wait to unleash it. People are going to fucking be real stoked. I hope, you yeah. know, cause, uh, I'm really, I'm really proud of it. It's like, it doesn't sound like, um, stuff I've done, but in the past vocally Sweet. and it fucking rips. Oh, I'm excited, man. <laughs> well, well, dude, thank you so much for I'm taking excited. the time. I'll let you get back to your day, get back to your weed. Um, and, uh, that's about it, man. Anything else to tell the people before I let you go? No, thank you so much for letting me do this podcast. It's it's, uh, it's an honor to be a part of it. Of course, man. Um, I honestly hate doing podcasts. <laughs> I hate doing podcasts. Click. I don't know if that was intentional, but if if it was, that's kind of an incredible uh, incredible way to end it. We'll see if he calls me back. Um, 
I know we had some phone issues before, but I hate doing podcast. Click. No, I think there was a butt there, but that's probably the funniest way I've ever ended a podcast. So I'm just going to leave that in. Oh, he wrote, he texted me. Ha ha, hung it up by accident. Um, <laughs> that is, uh, that is absolutely, absolutely incredible. I, I'm going to call him back just because it's funny. Hey, dude, that was so classic. You're like, yeah, and I hate doing podcast click. <laughs> I was like waiting. For, I was like, is there a butt? Is there a butt there? Uh, it's like, oh, no, just guy just hates podcasts. <laughs> No, I was gonna say. Uh, <laughs> no, I was gonna say I hate doing podcasts, but that was that was painless and really fun. I'm, well, I'm Tony, glad. Thank you, man. Thank you so much. Uh, I'll let you go for. I'll let you go for real. Uh, I'm gonna play some new waste music right here, and uh, yeah, man. All the best. Hope to see you around. Hell yeah! Cheers, man. Thank you so much. All right, man. Take care. Bye. <laughs> and there he is, Tony of municipal waste and of iron Reagan, just one of the nicest guys in, I don't know what to call it. I wanted to say punk rock, but is it punk rock? Is it metal? Is it hardcore? It's all of them. And make sure you guys are not sleeping on this new record from municipal waste. It's called electrified brain. Their first record in five years. I think this is some of the best production I've heard in this genre ever. A couple singles are out now, so make sure you you pick it up. It comes out July 1st, the whole record, uh, on Nuclear Blast. This is just a tremendous, tremendous album. I will leave you with a tune. Here is a new one from Musical Waste. This is called High Speed Steel on Lead Singer Syndrome. Peace and love. See you next time. <laughs>